All right, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy summer. Is that fair to say? Is it if we feel like summer has started? I don't know. Yeah, right. The kids, this was their last week of school. And man, it was just like event after event from field day to graduation day to yesterday was Waldemere Day and the church softball team had started. We've had a couple games so far and it's just been like, man, I feel like summer has started. So I just want to just stand with me this morning. So grateful for the seasons. We're so grateful for his faithfulness. When I think of seasons of life, I think of seasons of weather, I think of God's faithfulness to us. He never changes. He's always the same. Day in and day out, he is faithful. He is faithful to do what he says he will do. He is faithful because he is who he says that he is. So this morning, I just would encourage you. I know several of you had difficult weeks, challenging weeks, loss of loved ones, big decisions to make regarding medical challenges or issues. And as I was praying about the service this morning, I just felt like we should just bring everything to Jesus today. Invite him in to your situation. Whatever that situation is, just invite him in. Invite him into it and then just worship him. And I'll tell you, he will bring the peace, he will bring the wisdom, he will bring the answers, he will bring the guidance, he will bring everything that you need because Jesus is everything. Amen? Psalm 52, call to worship this morning, says this, but I am like the green olive trees in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. And I will praise you forever because you have done it. And in your presence of your saints, I will wait on your name, church, for it is good. His name is good. His deeds are good. He is good. So we can worship him because of it. So Jesus, we just invite you here. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. Have your way in this place this morning as we worship you. Jesus, we just give you everything and everyone, every situation, every circumstance, every bit of grief, every bit of pain, every decision. We just invite you into that situation right now. And then we turn our eyes away from the situation and we turn our eyes onto you and we say, Lord, have your way. I'm just going to worship you today. So, Lord, we worship you, we praise you, we glorify you, we give you honor and praise. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Let's worship him. Church, we're going to come to the communion table this morning and as we come forward just like we opened with I just want us to have this thought in our minds and in our hearts that we're going to give him everything and everyone today every situation every circumstance it's in his hands it's in his hands today as we take communion and recognize His price paid for us. His body broken, His blood shed. That He made a way. He made a way where there was no other way. And we just want to celebrate that and recognize that as we come to the table today. So church, uh, for those who are guests here, we just come down these these, uh, side aisles here. We grab the elements and circle back to our chairs. It's a two-cup system, so you just got to pick them up, uh, one, one pickup, and then there's gluten-free uh, communion in the middle of the center tape uh, plate in the middle. So come on up, grab your elements, and then we're going to take it together.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, communion is the believer's celebration of the Lord's Supper and His sacrifice on our behalf. His body broken, His blood shed. And we'd like to take this time to do a couple things as one, just reflect on what He did for us. If there's something in our lives that maybe is an idol, as Pastor Andy talked about last week, that has been in our life and which has been in place of God, He's calling us this morning to repent. To repent of that, to lay that down, to put that aside. And it's also a time to rejoice in who He is, what He's done, and of the resurrection that brings us eternal life. So just take a moment on those three accounts this morning. Praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Jesus, this morning we give you everything and everyone in our lives. And we thank you and worship you for what you did for us on the cross. Your body broken for ours, your blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins. So we come before you this morning humbly thanking you for what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks. He broke and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let us partake thank you Lord church I just ask you to stand with me as we continue to worship the altar is open, and I feel like specifically this morning, the Lord is saying, if there is something in your life that you need Jesus to move in or work on, whether it's grief or pain or physical things or relationship, I believe he is asking you to take a step of faith forward and to bring it to the altar this morning during this third song. Bring it to him. Present it to him. Leave it here at the altar and worship him. And I believe the answers that you're looking for, the healing that you need, is all yours because of what he has done. So let's do that this morning. singing that last song Lord just spoke a word 
over this church and over this congregation. He said, this will be a summer of miracles. And I know there was a word over our church a long time ago that said we would be marked by miracles. But he wants you to know today, this morning, that this will be a summer of miracles. And he wants you to know this morning that it won't be just the same big miracles that we all recognize and see. He will continue to do that. He will continue to heal. He will continue to save. But I believe we will begin to see him moving in a miraculous way in the interworkings of our lives, of our day to day, in our jobs, in our relationships, in our marriages, in every circumstance and every situation. And we will come out of this summer marked by his miraculous power. And he will move mightily in situations. And all he's asking for us this morning is to give it to him and then let him do the work. The Bible says in John chapter 2, this is the story of Jesus, his first miracle. And he was invited to the wedding feast. And he was at the wedding. So first of all, we got to invite him in, which is what we did this morning. We invited Jesus into our circumstance, into our situation. And there was one thing that his mother, Mary, said. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to do, do it. So what I'm telling you this morning is he is speaking to a lot of you to do something. Something that is uncomfortable. Something that feels that it's not normal. Something that maybe is a, is a stretch or a leap of faith, as they say. But he's calling you to do something differently this morning. And when you believe he is who he says he is, and that he'll do what he says he will do, and you've invited him in, and you do what he tells you to go do, water turns to wine. The miracles will occur in your life. And all we had to do was be obedient to what he said and believe that he can do it. He's the one who turns the water into wine. Not me, not you. It's him. He's the one who does it. So Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your miracle working power in our lives. Not just for the big miracles we can see, but even those small miracles. Some of us, our, our testimony that we're even here today is a miracle. So, Father, we thank you for each and every miracle. And this morning, as you said in the Psalms, we shall cast our burden onto you, Lord, and you will sustain us. And that you shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So we stand firm on your word on who you are. Our ears are attuned to do what you tell us to go do, whether it's comfortable or not, whether it's challenging or not. We want to be obedient to you. And Lord, we invite you into this whole, every situation here this morning. We give it to you. And we give you the honor, the praise, and the glory for your miracle-working power Lord, we thank you for a summer of miracles in every area of our life, both big and small. You moving miraculously that only you can do. And we give you glory for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, guys, we're going to take a short time to uh, greet one another. Uh, we have a couple, th couple quick announcements for this time. One, if you are a kid and you are ages, I believe it's like seven plus, we have Kid Corner for you over there today. You can grab your kid bag. If you're a guest, we've got a guest bag for you as well. Uh, so just if you want to head over that way. Uh, we also have offering buckets that are up here. So we just encourage you to bring your tithes and your offerings joyfully unto the Lord. If you are first time guest here, or maybe you have a praise report, or a prayer request you'd like to share, there's a connection card uh, in front of you in the seat back. 
So if you just want to fill that out, you can also bring those up front or put them in the bucket or that box in the back to the left of the door. The nursery is open. ECF Littles is staffed. So you little guys and gals, you get ages, I believe it's four, five, and six. Go ahead to your classroom right now. And other than that, let's just spend a few minutes uh, socializing with one another and saying hello. And we'll be back in a few minutes. Good morning. We are back in action. How you guys doing? Good? Good. I have a number of announcements today. A number of them. A number. All right, so uh, as you know, we have water baptisms. We are announcing it pretty much every week. Uh, They are on June 25th, and I believe we have seven people signed up so far, which is super exciting. Um, If you have not been water baptized, this is a great opportunity for you to do that, and uh, it's an outward demonstration of our faith in Jesus and symbolizes our death and resurrection with him. So it's an important step to take. It's a commandment in Scripture, and so if you have not yet done that, um, if you have questions, please come talk to myself or Pastor Jason, and uh, we can help you get signed up. It would be great. Um, Women to Women will be canceled this Saturday, June 10th. So if you are a part of that group uh, and you come to the Rose Center, you will be there by yourself. So uh, don't come that day, this Saturday coming up. Uh, this Wednesday is worship and prayer at... Uh, woohoo! Yeah, thank you. It is a wonderful night. Uh, we, it is from 6.30 to 7.30 right here. We've had uh, quite a few people come the last um, few months. And it's been a really wonderful time in God's presence. It is a time for you to just come and flow with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we just play some worship music. And, um, and yeah, there's not like a formal structure to that night. Uh, you can come and go kind of as you please. But it is a great time for you to just be with the Lord and pray and seek his face and um, enter into his presence, which who needs more of that? I do. I know that. Uh, all right. Announcement number four, Summer Nights is back. Yeah. So Summer Nights is going to start back up on June 23rd at 5.30 to 8.30. Right up here at the Rose Center, we'll have food and we'll have our outdoor games and some seating out there. Feel free to bring your own uh, chairs and things. Uh, to If you have games you want to bring, feel free to bring it. But it is a picnic and we do it every Friday night for the whole summer, pretty much. So make sure you put that on your calendar. It's a good time. And um, let's pray for So far we've had very little rain, but let's pray that we have no rain on those nights. That would be great. And then the last announcement is uh, softball. So, yeah, we've been, we've, we're three games in, and we are two and one. So last year we lost 12 games in a row. This year we have not lost. We only lost once, and we didn't lose by much. So... Uh, we have another game coming up Tuesday at uh, where's this one at Erie First Field, and then on Thursday at Erie's Magnetics. Oh, maybe at Erie First. We'll we'll post it online, but um, check them out. We start at six thirty, and they usually go till about eight thirty. Bring a lawn chair with you and a baseball glove if you feel like it. But it's a lot of fun, and uh, we, we've gone all out. We even have walk-up songs for our, all the players uh, when we're batting. So it's a good time. So check it out. So, all right. All right. Now, I feel like we've got a lot of announcements for you today. I've got a, lot, a couple things I want to share as well. Um, one thing Pastor Andy just said that the... I don't know if you guys know this, I think we mentioned every 13 weeks or once a quarter or four times a year, uh, we serve, uh, our church serves and is responsible for uh, the city mission for serving breakfast and presenting the gospel message. Uh, and this is the Sunday that the, uh, we are down there. Uh, so I just, when I do pray over the offering, I want to pray uh, for them as well. 
I know Camille and the team, uh, Mary Kay, a bunch of others I know are down there uh, serving and presenting the gospel both physically and then also the gospel message itself. So I just look forward to hearing the testimonies uh, that come back from that. Uh, Let me just make one note on softball. Uh, It's a testimony. How many love testimonies? I got a couple testimonies I want to share here this morning. Uh, But one of the testimonies was, so Jairus, who, my little guy, unfortunately, the reason why Pastor Liz and the kids are not here uh, is Jairus was not feeling well last night. We had LCA, which is our amazing academy that we have here at the church. We had LCA Waldemere Day yesterday. And we had a great time. All the kids were there all day. And then for some reason, whatever happened, the little guy, he got sick. We had to leave slightly early, and then he was sick all, all night. So pray for, he was better this morning, a little bit better this morning, so pray for Jairus. But that's where um, Liz and all the kids are this morning. Uh, they are just resting <laughs> and recovering from Waldemere and, I don't know, motion sickness and food sickness or whatever the heck happened uh, at Waldemere. Anyway, uh, what I want to say, so Jairus, before the last softball game, I, on Tuesday, when was our game? We had a game Thursday and Friday. On Thursday, I came around third base and I slid in a home plate, and of course I was safe. Okay, yeah, just, I'm, gonna, I'm putting that out there first. But I also sustained several injuries <laughs> on the slide. I'm remembering now at age 46, running as fast as you can and sliding into the catcher at home plate does not feel the same as when I was 26. But at 46, I did slide, and and I was safe, but I, like, jammed my ankle, bruised my hip, and messed up my wrist. Legit. All in one, one slide, all of this happened to me. And so we had a game Thursday and Friday. So Friday, right before the game, Jairus, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, Dad, I'm going to pray for you. I was like, okay, brother. He's like, you can pray for me. He's like, okay, dear Jesus, I pray that dad will be miraculously healed during the game. And that he will have less pain after the game than before the game started. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I was like, I looked at him, and honestly, I had doubt and unbelief. Ah, sorry. I did. I was like, Dude, don't you remember dad's 46 year old? I'm going to play back-to-back softball games. I'm going to run and slide and like fall around again. And you think I'm going to be better after the game? And I didn't say anything that, of that to him, but I actually had a, but the faith of a, of a child. God heard his prayer. And I am telling you, even though my doubt and unbelief, praise God, did not stop his miracle hand from working, my wrist and my hip and my ankle all felt better after the game, than before the game. And I told him, I was like, Jairus, my, my buddy, man, I love it. He, he prayed in faith, and he believed, and God did a miracle work in my own physical body. I was like, come on, this is amazing. So anyway, so a couple, two other quick testimonies we had. Uh, you guys remember when we prayed for jaw pain uh, a couple weeks back? Well, we actually... It, during the service, we didn't, you know, nothing uh, happened on the surface that we didn't see anything happen. But there were two testimonies that came back specifically for jaw issues that day. And one, I said there's going to be somebody watching online. There was someone who was watching online. They had a cyst removed, and they were believing for no cancer, and there, were no, there was no cancer in that. And the other one was, uh, where's Regina's not here, uh, so I can say it because she didn't want to give the testimony herself. So Regina was here, and she was like, oh, Lord, I don't know if that's for you or not, but my jaw has been clicking, 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 clicking for like months and months and months. I don't know how long, Rory, how long it was, but she said that after the service, when she walked out, it was completely gone. There was no jaw clicking at all. And so she went around for like a week to a week and a half, like just verifying the miracle. Like, let me just double check. Yeah, right? No clicking. Because it's been going on for a while. And then she came to us like a week and a half later, was like, this happened. This is real. God supernaturally healed me. So amen. So that's just the beginning of our summer miracles. Amen. As a beginning, whether they're happening at softball games or happening during church services, they're going to be happening at summer nights. I just know God is moving. He's moving. He's moving. He's moving. Okay, then two other quick things I'd like to share. Uh, Today, of course, Pastor Liz isn't here, is our 24th wedding anniversary. 
I know. I know. So God has just been so good and faithful to us and our marriage, and we've had good seasons and difficult seasons, as anyone who's been married for more than a week understands. More than a day, probably, I should say. Where's Elle and Jake? Are they still on their honeymoon? Okay, they're not back yet. So last week, we got to be a, uh, participate in helping uh, marry them in State College, which is where we were last week. Uh, and so they could probably attest. There are ups and downs uh, in marriage, uh, but God has been so faithful and so good to Liz and I and to our family. And I want to thank all of you for your prayers, because you guys are a part of that as well. As your pastors, I know that you guys pray for us faithfully daily, a lot of you, and uh, we feel that, and it is a, it is uplift. And I can tell you, in these, in, in these we have, there's challenges that come against us. Uh, there are challenges against any marriage, and I know marriages who are in uh, spiritual leadership of organizations and churches, it sometimes feels like the enemy ups the ante to coming after uh, different things, and so I just appreciate your prayer. So I wanted to say thank you, and babe, if you're watching, love you. Happy anniversary. I'll be home soon. Keep my message short today. I got to get home. It's my anniversary. Okay. And then the last thing, did anybody notice? Yes. Another debt square has come down. Another miracle for the summer. Praise God. We are now below 900,000. So when I get the mortgage statement, the first number is no longer a nine. Now it's an eight. And Tammy prophetically... I don't know what you called our debt. I think you said like $8,999. It's $800,999. Like I believe Tammy prophetically called it $8,900. So she already has got it down several hundred thousand dollars, almost to zero. So we believe with Tammy that God is moving that debt down. He is taking care of these things for us, both not just for the church, but in your own lives as well. Amen? Let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that this will be a summer of miracles, uh, both big and small in our lives. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are working in our finances. We thank you, Father, for every gift, every giver this morning. Father, I just thank you, Lord, uh, for the city mission, for the work that they're doing. We pray for that team now. Father, even as we pray, they are able to minister the gospel physically by feeding, but also, Father, just through their words and their actions, Lord, they are showing the love of Christ and sharing the love that you have for each and every one of them, Lord, that lives are being changed, people are being saved. Father God, people are being healed right now down at the City Mission, Lord. And we just thank you for that organization. We lift them up as a partner, as we partner with them, Lord, that you are moving and working there as well. And I just pray over this message this morning that you would lead us and guide us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. We are in a series called The Attributes of God. And Pastor Andy... Did God is Jealous last week? Anybody here? What an incredible message. I got a chance to listen to that um, uh, throughout the week, a little bit at a time, and I really just let it kind of simmer and just sit in there. So I want to share, I'll mention a couple things of what he said I think is really good. But one thing that, this is kind of off notes for this morning, so just listen up here. I'm not going to put anything on the screen. God is both God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he is a triune God. He is three in one. And yesterday at Waldemere, you'll notice I like to use a lot of stories from like life happening right now. Yesterday at Waldemere, the Holy Spirit moved in an incredible fashion just for our family personally. And I want to share that. Because we had a conversation while we were eating with someone and they don't go to our church, and that's fine. But they were talking about fear in parenting. And they were, they were worried about letting their son or daughter go off into the Waldemere Park. And this world that we live in, and they were just, you could just see the tension and the fear in what they were saying and how they were acting. Like, how do you just let your kids go out and run around Waldemere, eight-year-olds with their friends, without hovering over them? And I answered because of the Holy Spirit. And they kind of looked at me and was just like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, because we check in with the Holy Spirit. So before we came to Waldemere, Liz specifically asked me, she says, hey, babe, why don't you pray, ask the Holy Spirit, if it is okay for us to allow our children just to go out and run around Waldemere Park today, yes or no? And then listen for the answer and hear it and then respond accordingly. 
So it doesn't mean we just let our kids roam around Waldemere every time we go to Waldemere. But we have to have a check-in with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father and God the Son. And we need to rely on that. He is our guide. He is our counselor. He is our advisor. There is wisdom that comes through the Holy Spirit. And he is able to bring peace in circumstances where there pe- people can't find peace because they're looking for it in another direction. And so I mentioned that Jairus was not feeling well. So we're getting towards the end of the night. Jairus is like D-O-N-E. Okay, he's done, right? He is just like, he's sitting in the pavilion. He's down here like this. He's, oh, oh, oh. So Liz is like, we got to go. Well, Eva doesn't have a cell phone. We have no idea where Eva is. We were able to collect a lot of our other kids. <laughs> We found Ruby, we found Noel, and we found Lila was over here, and, so, and Maggie was with us at that time. Uh, so we found everybody except for Eva, and we said, we have to go find Eva. And I said, all right, babe, you start packing up all the stuff, you start heading to the car, I'm going to go find Eva. But what I really meant is the Holy Spirit is going to find Eva for me, and he is going to lead me and guide me to exactly where she is quickly because Jairus doesn't feel well and he shouldn't have to sit in the car for very long. I'm going to go find Eva. And so they went this way and I stood there. Honest to goodness. Holy Spirit, where's Eva? Right in the middle of Waldemere. In the middle of Waldemere. He said, walk to the steel dragon. Okay, I know where that is. So I begin, I'm talking 30 seconds. I start walking to the steel dragon. I'm walking this way, staring at the steel dragon. Holy Spirit says, look left. Look left. And I go like this. Going up the mountain on that log, the log mountain, going up the mountain, happy as can be, is Eva. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's right there. I'm going, Eva, Eva. She doesn't hear me. She's with her friends. They're excited. They're going like that. And whoa, she goes down. She gets so, but I knew, I'm telling you, between 45 seconds and a minute in a park that is, I don't know how big, and if you were there yesterday, it was crowded. It wasn't like there was a few people there. There were thousands upon thousands of people at Waldemar yesterday. The Holy Spirit helped me find Eva in about 45 seconds to a minute. I just started walking. He said, look left. There she was, going up the mountain, happy as can be. Now, she wasn't as happy that I told her we had to leave a little bit earlier than she, was, than she wanted, but she got it. But guys, think about that. Every day, you have an opportunity in situations in your life where the Holy Spirit is with you. He's in you. He's with you. He's around you. It's like this guide that we can utilize each and every day. Why don't we do it all the time? I'm, me, me included, Right? We start trudging through something and trying our own way and working our own things and pulling out maps, like, theoretically, right? Pulling out maps of Waldemere and trying to, you know, statistical analysis of where the best opportunity, if I look here first, then that would make sense because then I'd eliminate this and eliminate There was no statistical analysis of the best way to move through the park to try to swarm and look for my daughter, Eva. He said, steel dragon. He said, look left. There she is. By the time we got to the car, they were barely even done loading the car. There was no waiting, no hesitation. And before Jairus, before we got home, we actually got home before he started throwing up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Didn't have to clean up the car either. Because who knows? I mean, Holy Spirit works that way. If it would have taken me longer, if I didn't listen, then I didn't find it. Now we're driving home. Now he's throwing up in the car instead of in the nice little bucket at home. Right? So now I got... Now I'm cleaning up the van, all this other stuff, right? It's like, come on. I'm going to share another story a little bit later in the evening of what happened where I missed it. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. You guys like those stories too. I know. That's okay. Because <laughs> I'm human with you. I'm human with you. Okay. The attributes of God. Here's what we've got done so far. God is infinite. God is immutable, meaning he never changes. God is love. God is good. Oh, he's so good. God is wise. <laughs> perfect example last night, full of perfect wisdom, leads us and guides where we need to go. Attribute six was God is faithful. Number seven was God is merciful. Number eight was God is gracious. He's full of grace, unmerited favor to us. Thank you, Lord, 
for that. And then last week, Pastor Randy did God is Jealous. Uh, and he talked about removing idols from our life, uh, the less wild lovers. And he talked about how Jesus is a, is a wild lover for our hearts. And that God is jealous. He's jealous when we have things in our lives in place of him. And we all do that. We all struggle with that, me included. And we struggle with that. Um, but this morning, I want to talk about attribute 10. Again, God is just. Mm. And I want to talk about this in conjunction with God, because we already talked about how God is good and God is merciful. And then how do we wrap our, our minds and our hearts around that God is also just? And what do we mean by just? It means he is infinitely, unchangeably right and perfect in all that he does. He is right and perfect in all that he does. And we get the word justice from the word just. And I'm going to explain what the, what the word just is here in just a minute. But ha, me included, we love justice when it happens to somebody else who we think should have justice against them. You know, right? Just like, mmm, they got what was coming to them. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, I use the speeding example all the time just to be, you know, play it on the PG level here for, for everybody at church. We don't need to talk about, you know, big, terrible things that happen in the world. But you know that guy who's going 100 miles an hour past you on the highway? You're like, oh my gosh, look at how that person's driving. That's ridiculous. And then you see him like a mile and a half down the road, pulled off to the side of the road by the cop. You're like, yep, justice. <laughs> they got what was coming to them. Yeah? And, but how about us, guys? Praise God that we don't get everything so this justice that God has, he is infinitely just. He's always doing the right thing, but he's also merciful. And he also spares us from paying the price of everything that we've done all the time. Just as this, this is what it means. I don't think I have it up there. But it's based on behaving accordingly to what is morally right and fair. God is morally right and fair. Deuteronomy 32.4 says this. It says, he is the rock. Come on, church. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways, all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice. So if he is a God of just, and he's a God of justice, that means there is no injustice in him. Righteousness and upright is he. Psalm 89 says this, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And mercy and truth go before your face. And then the New Testament, Romans 2 says this, who will render to each one according to his deeds? We're going to get a little difficult here in a little bit. Who will render to each one according to his deeds? Sounds like justice to me. Sounds like fairness to me. And then in verse 11 in Romans 2 says, For there is no partiality with God. Ooh, okay. That's good. So what does this mean that God is just? It means that he's more than just simply fair. It means he always does what is right and good toward all men. Likewise, although it is hard for us to accept his sentencing of evil, of unrepented sinners to hell, is also right and good and fair. That, I mean, that's justice. That is justice. So this natural question that we have, this natural thing we have to begin to think, well, if he is just, but he's also... What, how, how can God, how can then a just God justify the unjust? There's one way. Jesus. There's only one way. It's Jesus. Through the work of Christ on the cross, through his atonement, listen to this, justice is not violated, but it is satisfied when God spares the sinner. Because Jesus took the sin on the cross. He paid the price for our sins, both past, present, and future. The, the justice that has to happen because of sin happened on Jesus on the cross for those who believe in him. Oh my goodness. So it doesn't mean that because we are spared that God isn't just. It means that someone 
had to pay the price of that justice. And praise God for those who have accepted that miraculous work. It was Jesus. And it is not you and it is not me for those who have accepted him. His mercy does not forbid him to exercise his justice. Think about that. His mercy, because he's merciful, doesn't forbid him to exercise, nor does his justice forbid him to exercise his mercy. He is both fully merciful and fully just at the same time. Only God, right? Only God can do that. Because we're driving by that, speeder, that speeding guy on the, or girl on the highway, and we're just like, are we, are we feeling much mercy at that moment? Usually I'm like, yeah, nope. See that? Speeding. They're getting what, they, what, what was coming to them. But Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the debt. A sacrifice, as the Bible states and as God set up, a sacrifice must be made for sin. Justice must occur because he's fully just. But Jesus paid the price. To believe this means, listen to this, those who believe, oh, God's too kind to send people to eternal hell. You know, Pastor Jason, you've been talking about God is good, he is faithful, all the happy, happy, happy stuff. He's the healer, this is great, he's jealous, he loves us. But church, he is also just. And he will bring justice to this world. He will bring justice to sinners. And just because he is good, faithful, and merciful doesn't mean he is not just. So some of us believe that God must be too kind to punish the ungodly, but to believe this means we are having a dull reality of his actual unchanging justice. God will have justice for sin. One of two ways. Either through Christ's atoning atoning death, which those who have accepted Jesus, we say amen, hallelujah. Or for those who do not accept it, there will be eternal punishment on them. So for me, as I was thinking about this message, I'm just so grateful that Jesus saved me. I'm so glad that Jesus paid the price, that he took it on his body. His blood shed, his body broken for me. And so as I see that, as I see that God is just in what Jesus has done for me, it actually propels me to live differently. And each of us have to realize and recognize that just because God is good and merciful, but if we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you don't get to do whatever you want. Guys, you don't get to do whatever you want whenever you want to do it anymore. Like, well, but God is, he already paid the price for me. God is merciful. He's forgiven all my sins. That is a true statement. But because God is also just, because we're going to see in a moment that God is going to hold us accountable for our lives. Do you realize that? Just because you are saved, just because you are going to heaven, doesn't mean that we don't are not held account in front of him for our lives, for the things we've said, the things we've done. Oh my goodness. Like we skip over this part of the Bible sometimes. It's like, well, God's good, God saved me. He's merciful. I can do whatever I want whenever I want to do it. I'm not saying us, I'm saying people. And we watch shows. And we participate in things. And we speak certain ways. But I believe God is calling us to a higher level. He's calling, because he is just, because he will hold us accountable someday, and because he's merciful, and because he's good, and the reason why he commands us to act and do a certain ways is for our own protection. Because he knows that when we gossip, it only causes other pain and us pain. And he knows when we lie or when we cheat, it only causes us pain and others pain. And so he's calling us to a higher standard. The Bible clearly tells us we will give an account someday. Look at Romans 14. Romans 14.10 says this, But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we, we, 
All, every one of us in this room, every one of us listening, shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Then verse 12 is this. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. It says you can't do anything you want to do whenever you want to do it. it. says that God is calling us to a higher standard. He's calling us to the next level. 2 Corinthians 5 says this. Bible, the Bible always interprets itself. It always gives justification for itself. It always balances out. I'd never try to take one scripture and just say, see that? But it's always God has shows in his word over and over so there's a pattern and there's a rhythm to this. So here again in 2 Corinthians 5 says this, Therefore, we shall make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. It should be our aim to live a life pleasing to God. And I think a lot of us have lost, even my own life, we've lost this reverence or this awe of God. And we're just so thankful for Jesus and he's my friend and he saved me. But we don't have a life transformation change. We say, you know what, I can no longer do that anymore. I can no longer listen to certain language on a show and just be like, eh, you know, it's just a couple things here and there. It'll be all right. God continues to call us to a higher standard. Verse 10, for we must all, again, all of us appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. We no longer get to do whatever we want. You know, the Bible clearly says that narrow is the way. Narrow is the way to heaven. Not broad, not I can do whatever I want whenever I want to go do it. It says narrow is the way. And you think of a narrow path, it's like there's not a whole lot of (laughs) moving around before you're off in a ditch. And it's okay, sometimes we get into a ditch, but we got to get out of the ditch. Friends of ours, fellowship of believers help us get out of the ditch and get us back on the narrow path. And we need to speak into each other's lives when we see somebody else in our own life who's a boarding and believer and they're acting in a way that is not of Christ, we should address it. And I think we shy away from these situations. These sort of, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to act. You're not judging them. We're actually helping them. And if you do it in love and you do it when there's a relationship there, you're able to pull people out of the ditch. I've been in a ditch. I'm so thankful that people have pulled me out of the ditch. Matthew 7, 13 says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. When we put no boundaries on ourselves, when there are no, when we say, you know what, God's good, and we don't take in God completely and who he is and all of his characteristics and all of his personality traits, that he is also just, and we want to live according to his commands and what he's commanded us to do. When we just believe, hey, I can do anything I want whenever I want to go do it, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Will you still get to heaven if you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? If God knows your heart, the answer is yes. But it doesn't mean you, there's so much you can avoid in this life of pain and circumstance and situations if you just begin to say, Lord, please, help me get back on this narrow path. Because narrow is the gate's And he tells us here, and difficult is the way. This is not easy. I love how Jesus words this, like, hey, it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy to go do. And he understands that. And that's why he's here to help us. And that's why he's given us the Holy Spirit. That's why God is also good and faithful, because he helps us on this journey called life. It's difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. That verse actually, like, kind of, like, alarms me sometimes. Have I found it? Have you found it? So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? I believe we have to take an account of our lives, an inventory of our lives. What am I doing? What am I saying? What am I watching? How am I acting? And begin to just reflect upon your life. It means you can't just go and do anything you want, whenever you want, and not try to hold yourself accountable and say, or a friend say, 
Pastor Andy and I, like, dude, you got to hold me accountable. And I hold him accountable for certain things in our lives. And if I get out of line, he says, yo, brother, what you doing over there? Yeah. And I've committed to tell him when I'm out of line. And so I promised him something. I promised Pastor Andy, and as your pastor, I promised this guy right here in the front row that if I knowingly, and he doesn't know, if I get out of line in some way, in some area of my life, I am required by an oath and a promise that I made to him to tell him. And there are many times where I feel like going off the path, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to have to go tell Pastor Andy. Oh, I'm pulling the flesh back in. Oh, okay. I'll tell you the other thing that helps me tremendously when, you know, you're trying to walk this narrow path is being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in your prayer language. There are so many times when there was an opportunity to sin right in front of me, and I would just begin to speak and pray in my prayer language, thanking him, not knowing what to say or what to do, and he just begins to move and work in that situation and changes things. So we have to say, Lord, we have to take this inventory. So what is this response? What is our response to God's justice? I'm going to give you a couple things. Number one, we got to worship him. we got to worship him. One, because he's just. Two, because he's also merciful. That we don't have to pay the full price every time we make a mistake. And so we thank Jesus constantly, every day. Every day when I wake up, I want to worship him and thank him. Every character trait he has, I believe this has been the first thing I told us to go do. Just worship him. We worship him because he's good. We worship him because he's merciful. We worship him because he's faithful. We worship him because he's just. We worship him. We thank him for who he is. Then the second thing we have to do is we have to examine your hearts, our hearts. We have to take an account, an inventory. We can't just do whatever we want whenever we want anymore. We have to take an examination of our heart and take an inventory of what we're saying, what we're doing, how we're acting, what we're watching. So let me tell you the second story from last night's amazing Waldemere Day. So, actually it happened two times during the week, so I'm going to share the whole thing. Liz goes home uh, midday yesterday to pick up dinner to then bring it back. And you know, we have a pool in our backyard, it's this beautiful space. And she sends me a picture she sends me a picture of the pool. What are we going to do about this? Okay, I'm in the middle of Waldemere. And I look at the picture, and here, I guess it got windy, like, periodically yesterday, right? Like, all of a sudden, a wind would gust. Well, at our pool, we've got these umbrellas that are on these, you know, they're on these roller stands, you know, but the stands themselves are, like, 60 pounds of, like, pure iron, right? There's just this pure metal. Well, apparently, the wind took one of the umbrellas, which was open, and took the entire thing, including the 60-pound weight, and threw it right into the pool. Now, there's a shallow end, and there's a deep end. Which one do you think? Right, I, I got four umbrellas. Two of them could have been nicely put in this. Jocelyn? The shallow end? That is what I hoped for. And I appreciate your faith in things going well for me. However... It was the deep end. And she sends me a picture of a fully submerged umbrella, completely open, still attached to a 60-pound base at the bottom of the deep end. So I'm like, hmm, that'd be great. Because, you know, it was really warm last night. So the first thing I wanted to do after coming home from Waldemere all day was to jump in the pool and to try to fish out this umbrella, right? So we get home, and I'm just like, okay, got to do it, going to do it. So I, you know, put on my bathing suit. Liz is out there. She's in her winter jacket, by the way, <laughs> watching me. Go for it, babe. She's just skimming those helicopters off the top of the pool. Go make it happen, babe. Love you, right? And so I jump in the pool, and apparently at some point, Ruby comes out. And so I, I, I must not have as much practice holding my breath as I normally do. So I take a deep breath, and I go under, and I start trying to pull the umbrella up. So I'm pushing off the bottom of the deep end with all my might. I'm holding on to the pull. Whoo, and I'm swimming, I'm swimming, I'm swimming. Realizing about halfway up out of the water, I'm not going to make it. Like, it's just too heavy for me to pull. 
And now I realize I'm underneath the umbrella, which is now pulling me down further back into the deep end, and I'm losing breath, right? And so I'm like, I let go, and I come out, and I get out, and I say a four-letter word. It starts with S. So stop right there. Okay. It wasn't stop. And Ruby was right there. My 10-year-old daughter was right there. She goes, Dad. Dad, you just said a bad word. And I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> Let's see if you want to go down into the deep end and pull up a 70, 60, and 70-pound umbrella out of the deep end. Right? I did. I let it rip. And then I realized the Lord convicted me right in the pool. Right in the pool. I realized that earlier in the week during a softball game, I may have used the same word when I dropped a ball in the outfield. And I was like, Lord, what is going on? And he showed me that Liz and I have been watching a show on Netflix that had more cursing in it than we normally ever watch. And it actually was affecting how I was speaking. And the Lord said, what are you going to preach about tomorrow? Examine yourself. Examine your heart. What are you allowing to come into your life and see how it affects what flows out of your heart? And I was like, Lord, I could have used a lot of different examples other than that. But okay, the umbrella in the deep end, dropping a fairly routine fly ball in the middle of the outfield, which almost lost the game. We did win, praise God. But I realized that words that were coming out of my mouth that were not as they should be. And so, yes, I did get the umbrella out of the demon. You want to know my strategy? My strategy actually was then to go undertake breasts and roll up the umbrella so it would come down. Yeah, pretty good. There's probably a lot of ways this could have been solved. You all probably have it solved before I did, but look, I was at Waldemere all day long. It is now 9.30 at night. I'm exhausted. I'm freezing cold in the deep end of my pool trying to lug this stupid thing out. I'm like, it'll float like a person. No, it doesn't float like a person. There's no body fat in the iron thing that holds the umbrellas down. Like where my mind was thinking, like, like, like I'm just thinking, well, it was just floats. Like I just pick it up, like you know how you hold someone in the water? Like this is so easy. It's going to be so light. No, not light. Not at all. Iron sinks, and it stays there. That's why they're called anchors, right? So I'm trying to pull this anchor up out of the deep end. So I finally undid the thing. We got it down. And then I kind of pulled. I didn't want to drag it too much. It, like, ripped the liner on the bottom of the pool. So I got it sort of towards the end, and I started going real slow, holding the side of the pool and getting it up. Of course, there's, you know, the angle going down. So it's like keeps wanting to pull down. I finally got it to a point where I could kind of lift it up. I got it out. Thank you, Jesus. He helped me. Took a few curse words to make it happen, unfortunately. But what the Lord was saying, and it's a funny story, but I hope it helps you remember, like, we have to examine our lives. There are words that are coming out of our mouths, and there are things that we're saying, and if we're gossiping, or if we're treating someone unkindly, or if we're lying, or if we're cheating, or we're stealing, or we're just not treating people kindly, we have to examine our heart. God is just. We're going to be held account someday. So we have to say, Lord... Help me, change me, invite him into that situation, invite him into your life, invite him into that circumstance. Then the next thing we have to go do is allow God to be the judge. Okay? Do I even have to explain this one very much? We walk around as judge and jury, especially on social media, over every situation that's out there. Hmm? If I was that, if I would this, if it would this, right? We always have our opinions and we always judge. But God says, do not judge or you will be judged. Which means justice comes from God, not from us. Yes, there's unrighteous, uh, there's this righteous anger and there's things that are happening that we can be angry about. And, but even Pastor Andy said that. That emotion, that feeling we have with it, it's the actions we take with it. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts. It's God who judges. It's Jesus who loved. And we're supposed to be like Jesus. Not like the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to be like Jesus. He was flesh and blood. We are to be like him. We are not to be the convictors. We are not to be the judgers. 
That's God's job and the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to be like Jesus, and that's to love. So allow God to be the judge. Then the last thing here, Sid, if you want to come up, the last thing here is to tell others about him. Because he is just, which means he will do what he says he will do, and those who don't know Jesus when they pass from this life will have eternal separation from him. That is a real thing. That is a real thing. And I think too often we go about life, including myself, not recognizing that everyone that we walk past, everyone that is in our life or in our circle or in our families or wherever they are, we have to remember and realize God is just. And there will be a price paid for sin. And there's either one of two ways. It's either through Christ's work and atonement on the cross because you believed in him and accepted him or eternal separation from God. And that's a real thing. And those who are believers, it is our job, it is our commission to show them, to share with them, to give our testimony on how we live and how we act. If we just look and act just like the world, why would the world want anything different? He's calling us to an account. He's calling us to the narrow road. He's calling us to a different way because we are to be his hands and feet in this world. We are to be different. We should look different, talk different, act different because of what he did for us. And it leads others to him as well. Just bow your heads this morning. Father, we just come before you, Lord. Oh, we do worship you. We do thank you that you are a just God. That you will bring justice by your mighty hand. And you do so daily and you will bring ultimate justice to this earth and to this world. Upon your return and your reign in eternity with you. So, Lord, this morning I just ask that you would reveal to us as we examine our hearts, even now, as we take this moment to examine things in our own life that you are calling us away from, calling us out of, calling us to stop. Lord, show us Father, we open our hearts to you today to do the difficult work of stripping things away in our lives that need to be stripped away because it's for our own good, our own blessing. But Lord, we do it because we love you. We want to serve you. We want to be obedient to you. So Lord, we just lay our hearts before you today to examine them. Reveal to us the things that need changed in our life. Father, I also pray that we would allow you to be the judge and for the Holy Spirit to convict and that we would just be ones who love, who care, who help the poor, who help the needy, who help our neighbor. Lord, that you would strengthen us to tell others about you. You would give us divine tactics and revelations to share our testimony, to have opportunities to witness in how you've called us to witness. And Lord, that we're reminded that we don't all have to witness the same exact way. And that you use our story, you use our testimony. You use the things you've done in our lives to show others the love that you have for us and for them. So, Father, we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. We thank you, Lord, that you are just, but also that you are merciful to us. We give you all the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have some prayer leaders that are going to come up here, if they could come up. Uh, even now as, I'm, as we're finishing up here. 
If you have any need in your life, whether it's a prayer for healing, maybe something that's coming up, a uh, situation in your life, I just would encourage you to come up here, have them pray with you. And I want to end with this benediction out of Second Corinthians uh, 13. It says this. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen and amen. We love you guys. Come visit us at a softball game this week. And don't forget, Wednesday is prayer night.